Okay, so we should record. We're starting to be funny. Um, so um, how are you, Andrew? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Last night, Delaney and I went out with another couple who uh, are having a baby next month. They're due like one oh. month from yesterday. And that's so exciting because they're our age and it's kind of the first of my friends to have a baby. Delaney has do friends who are, who are much older. You do. Well, you knew at least half of them. Uh-huh. Um, Bring so- Mrs. Phil home the babies. No one's listening to me, but an awful lot of my former students are having babies. I haven't held a baby in seven months, Andrew. That's funny that you know exactly how many, how how long it's been. Well, there's been a pandemic on. They got this pandemic going on. And so I know exactly how long it's been since I've touched strangers. You know what I mean? And her you don't. I hate how you say that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's icky. Well, you've always accused me of being creepy with the toddlers. So I guess uh, that's on brand for me then, isn't it? You can't touch toddlers like you can't pet toddler other people's toddlers. You could like you could say dog. you could say it's been it's been seven months since I've been in close proximity with strangers. But, okay. but the word touch is just a nasty word. Ugh. Okay. Oh God, you're so funny. Um, may I disagree that the word touch is a nasty word, Andrew? Whatever. Uh, come on, it's one of the love languages. It's you. You have a zero on the touch scale. I know that. Probably. You wish that we were all cars and didn't have to touch. That's God, right. it must be nice to be married to you. That just sounds like <laughs> So, yeah. Hey, well, I'm talking about holding a baby. I mean, even the baby across the street, well, Mikey, I, they moved away, by the way. It makes me sad. But I don't blame him. Um, you know, I can look at him and, like, see him in the yard and stuff. I'm not going to go hold that baby. I'm not going to touch somebody else's kid during the pandemic. So I haven't held a baby. They're out. Okay, they're one month out. Are they feeling good about it? I think so. They they both seem really good. Uh, she's a nurse practitioner, a pediatric nurse practitioner, so she knows all the medical stuff. And I think she's much better prepared to deal with the pregnancy than most women are. Oh, sure, and, sure, sure. And I think that, I don't know, I, I, I assume that part of the uh, anxiety of having a baby, you know, you, you can expect all the life changes and stuff, uh, but the sheer, just the, all the stuff you don't know. And have to come up to speed with very quick. I feel like they've got a head start on that. So uh, I don't know. It kind of makes me wish I was a nurse practitioner. Oh, that's nice, Andrew. Do you know what you would? Ha- that's cute. That's a good. That's right. But do you know what you'd have to do if you were a nurse pr- practitioner? I'd have to hang out with sick people. Ugh. Touch strangers. You'd have to touch strangers. I would not. So you're I would conduct a woman. all my visits remotely. <laughs> remotely. This is a woman you're describing who's like comfortable with the human body because of her occupation. And that probably does give mm-hmm. you a leg up when your body is going through some stuff. Can you but imagine? You would really suck at it. No. Nope. Can you imagine a remote doctor nope. saying, okay, now go out to your garage, bring back a hammer, and then tap that little area just underneath <laughs> your kneecap. <laughs> Are you doing it? Are you doing mm-hmm. it? Did you kick? <laughs> I can't imagine it. Okay. Well, I, let's tell. Okay. We've been away for a while. We recorded last week, but we did not follow our new guidelines about um, just recording and then let, what's in the show is in the show, right? Mm-hmm. Nope. We felt that we needed to do some editing because we talked too long because we hadn't spoken for so long, I think is what happened. Mm-hmm. And so we sort of burned that episode. So, hey, this is actually, is this our first time back since your wedding for the readers? Uh, it could be. I don't it think so. Be. I think I have Maybe published one since. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so that that's what happened. Um, we actually, I felt like we just needed to catch up and it was more us being idiots, more idiotic than usual and maybe not for public consumption. Sometimes yeah. that happens, Andrew. And I, I truthfully, mm. we, we there probably was some content that we could publish in there, but I haven't, sure. I've just been feeling really, um, 
uh, a lot of things are, are vying for my attention right now. I've got mm-hmm. got two clients that are active. I've got uh, I'm building a duplex with my grandfather. The duplex was actually demolished yesterday, which was exciting. Oh, wow. Wow. Did you get to watch? Uh, I did. I got to watch the whole thing and I got some video of it. Mm-hmm. And it's not. You know, I love that. You'd think that the video is really exciting. But it's like knock down a wall, spray the whole thing down with water. Three minutes later, knock down another wall. I mean, it really only took about 15 minutes to knock down. But in that 15 minutes, there's like a minute and a half of action spread throughout the 15. So it's not as not as compelling a video as I had hoped it would be. When I was directing the scene of my life, it Uh didn't come out as I had hoped. Okay. Well, sure. Yeah. Well, Andrew, there's, that's why editing, you know, I mean, really. that's why you, you do it and you speed it up. Yeah, come on. You, if you're directing the movie of your life, you're going to have to think creatively, Andrew. Things don't just play out, you know, picture perfect. Come on. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I know so I've, exactly I've got that going the time on. it takes to knock down a building. I watched it so many times. It's pretty amazing. I and... love it. Do you know what the, you know what the part I love the I have a favorite part of demolition. It's the when the wall comes down and all the wires like are hanging out of the wall. Oh yeah. Yesterday the that moment for me was uh <laughs> he put his his bucket through the roof and then the um the gutter was was kind of dangling from the bucket as if it was a, like a piece of toilet paper. It's yeah. like a I don't know, 25 yard That's gutter. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. It's that just hanging, it's crumpled exactly. and it's kind of blowing. <laughs> I was going to say, yes, I was going to say that like when wires do or things like that, like really heavy, solid things when they when they dangle and become. Yeah, they look like lace floating in the wind or something. Oh, I like love lace that. or Christmas ornaments or. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. But uh, the, yep. the thing about this part of demolition, then we can agree. Uh, for sure. The thing okay. about this experience that tickled me the most is that the guy who owns this demolition company. Uh, so they, they placed a giant excavator on the property like. I don't know, uh, last week because they thought the permit was going to come through sooner than it did. Oh, sure. Uh, and anyway, so it's it's the day of our permit came through two days ago. Uh, the morning of the demolition, he shows up. Uh, he basically knocks down the building and then goes to the next site to knock down the next one. This is the owner of the company. He just likes to play with the big machines. He likes to knock down the building and then leave all the uh, the other people to clean up the mess. And that is such a cool job. <laughs> that is the coolest job. I like a hands-on owner, someone who really loves what he does. But then leaves the plebs to pick up the messes. I love it. Yeah. It's, it's squad goals, really. You know, let me come in, make the messes, and then someone else pick a cod. That's well, all I've ever me, wanted. It made me think that maybe I need to buy an excavator and go into the demolition business, and it's totally affordable. Okay. Well, is it? I mean, I don't know what maintenance is on one of these things, but you can get into the game for less than $100,000. And you can get a loan for that, I imagine. You might as well. <laughs> Did you look that up? Is that I, should, you know? I Googled it, yeah. <laughs> I um, met a guy who has a mm, moving business. Mm-hmm. And he also, like, kind of along those lines, bought a tow truck that he runs, you know, on the side. And it paid for itself pretty quickly, he said. He, you know, and I think, it, I think it's a tow truck with one of those shovels on the front so he can remove snow. Oh, yeah. Yeah, seems smart, right? There's a guy I follow on Twitter, and he's a real asshole. He's always got the wrong hot take when it comes to, like, Mm. uh, political issues. Mm. But the reason I follow him is because he's kind of uh, anti-tech startup, anti-whatever. His his handle is called Sweaty Startup, and he believes that the best way to make your fortune is with some kind of local business. 
uh, whether it's snow removal or whether uh, it's uh, owning storage facilities or or something like that. And he he really is kind of interesting, but he reminds me a little bit of uh, Elon Musk and that he's just not kind of uh, aware of he, he can't read the room. You know, he just he uh-huh. just says, <laughs> yeah, says yeah, what yeah. he thinks. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, so those kinds of businesses whether it's demolition or whether it's towing or whatever, I feel like there's a, there's a tremendous opportunity to be made, uh, you know, a, a tremendous amount of money to be made there. Um, and it's, it's, there's something romantic. There's a meme and it's this farmer standing by a fence. He says, it's not much, but it's honest work. And sometimes I feel like I miss that in my job when I'm making websites for, for big companies. Uh, it's hard to see the, good i'm putting into the world it just feels kind of um like i'm I'm spinning my wheel my wheels in this business machine and not not really leaving anyone better off in their life you sure, know sure, yeah so I, I think about other things like that and that seems i'm jealous of the ability to look at your job and say you know i, I accomplished this today or i helped these three people today oh, or yeah and also, here's the other thing I envy is like, well, you probably have this, but like, I have a task, I can finish it, I can check it off my list and know that is finished. My task is finished. I can look, sure. I can see, I can see the fruits of my labor, you know. You know, when I was working my job at the university, I used to look out the window and like at the the guys digging ditches, doing landscaping, going up in bucket trucks, same thing, just because the same thing, I was so in the office doing, yeah, wondering what I was giving to the world. And then there's these guys, like, you can see what you've just, they're demolishing buildings, for example. I watched that out my office window one time, right. you know. Yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, oh, I remember when I was teaching. Now, I never would say that I'm not giving to the world, but it just in terms of, like, the overwhelm and the complication of it and the messiness of dealing with human beings. I remember going into Guyries and seeing them shaking paint, like, the, the, you know, those guys uh-huh. who have the paint shaker and going, oh, Gosh, that's I a cool machine. their jobs. Oh, my, I just, I want their jobs. Their jobs seem really great. Maybe I should go apply at Guy Reese today. So, Andrew, <laughs> I'm in the phase right now this week of applying to jobs like that because I'm not getting the big girl job. I mean, I've got a p- applications out there. I've had, hmm, I've been like top two or three finalists uh, for several jobs that seem really great and not gotten them. Mm-hmm. Freaking demoralizing, may I say. I believe it. I believe it. I, but I also, go ahead. I, was, I can't tell. And I, I was just having this conversation with my, the lady who cuts my hair. I can't tell whether things are bad out in the world because, you know, the stock market's going up. Everything mm-hmm. seems to be fine. Everybody's telling us it's okay. But then I look at things like, you know, people laying off, off workers and the, you're, um, the hard time you're having finding, finding a job. And it seems like everything is really bad out there, but none of the kind of indicators reflect it. Like the Denver housing market is hotter than it's ever been. Uh, everything, you know, prices are going up, up, up. And it just seems like, uh, the, the, the story I see in the news does not reflecting the reality that people are living. Well, I know there's a lot of unemployment. We can't deny that number. Yeah. Right? And I'm one of them, you know, technically I'm not unemployed because I didn't have a real job, but I mean, I'm applying for work. I think that's part of it. Yeah, I know. I know what you're saying. I think it may be that it's a bifurcated world. You know, it's the it's the K style of recovery. And some people are being barely affected. Mm-hmm. And in, in, in many cases, their lives are better. And I'm on the other end. I think, maybe, I don't know. But anyway, so I've been applying for jobs like that, not quite getting them, but getting close, which also, you know, involves a lot of time and effort and mental 
anguish, but also is, I suppose, encouraging that the hopeful people in my life say that, that like you're getting close, you know, your resume works, you're, you're getting close to jobs that are right for you. These are not, you know, whatever, but it's not funny. And, um, so to this week I am applying to, you know, Costco and, uh, Lowe's and seasonal, seasonal work. I just need, I need some cash flow. I need some order to my day. Sure. Besides just doing comedy shows, although that's going well and is making me some money, which I never, ever, ever in a million years would have expected. It's making me some pretty good money right now, but not, you know, it's not enough. It's not enough. It's just not enough. Um, but it's been fun. I have a little groggy voice today because we had, I, I hosted an open mic for four hours last night. What? That is a long open mic, Mrs. Philholm. They always were, Andrew. Uh, <laughs> baby Jeff took over for me for four or five of the comics so I could take a break. But, um, that's funny. That's yeah. Funny. Where, where was this one? It's at a bar on East Colfax called Blush and Blue. And they've hired me to be the host. And it's great. I mean, it's great to see everybody. And I, we run, it's like in the the mic is just run more, I don't know, seems better than, than in, in the past. But it's very funny. You know, some of the comics will get up and, oh, bitch about it. Like, here we are in East Colfax or this room is... You know, whatever, they'll make fun of the room. Yeah, there's that kind of attitude of like, <laughs> that joke is funnier than you guys are giving me credit for. That joke would be funny if you guys weren't stupid, which is not my <laughs> style of comedy. I never like it when people say that about the room. But I always get up there and go, you guys would have, you know, sold your soul. Any of us would have sold our souls for an open mic of any kind in April. We were all saying, I will never complain about an open mic again. If I ever again get the opportunity to perform for anybody. I don't care if it's any civilians are there. If it's eight comics at Lion's Lair at one in the morning, I'm like, God, I would give anything to be back there. You know, we miss that so much. And so I always like to remind them when they're complaining about the room. Well, there's also, comedy. you can, you can complain about the room as much as you want, but if you're not making people laugh, you're not making people laugh. Oh, a thousand percent. That's exactly right. Exactly. It's, it's right. It's time, time to look at the man in the mirror. Most people know that's correct. Mostly, I think comics know that, and they're teasing when they go. That's funnier than, than I thought. And I assume they go home and rewrite the joke, like like we all do, you know. Mm -hmm. Like, why didn't that work? But there are times when when comics say that kind of thing, like, "All right, I thought that was funnier." Okay, you guys don't like, you know, dog jokes or whatever. And I go, "You wrote that joke bad. I mean, it, badly. It's like, <laughs> we we got lost in the middle. I I forgot what you were talking about. So of course the punchline didn't work. So. Can you hear yeah, my yeah, stomach yeah. right now? No, I did not hear that, but we had that. I had a lot of that last week, the, the episode that Sean never <laughs> It released. must be going around. Yeah. Well, is yours because you're hungry or because you're digesting? It's because I'm hungry, I think. I actually, my day got a weird start today because normally I'm, I'm out of bed and at my desk around 645. And today I slept in and was awakened by the sound of the fire alarm in my apartment building. Oh, so weird. I, I the whole building. My, yeah, well, I don't actually know how our alarm system works. But it seems it seems like it's separated into segments, and sometimes the whole building goes off, and sometimes uh -huh, just sure. a section goes off. And I don't know what today was, but I put on my my sweats and my my uh, hoodie, and I walked down the stairs, and I got halfway out the building before I said, "Oh fuck, I forgot my mask." So then, mm. you know, in an effort to not stand in a crowd of people without my mask, like a like a pariah, like a mm -hmm, leper. Mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. I decided to go on a little walk this morning. Oh, good. Uh, it was good. Oh, geez. I got to go on my walk after this. I got, I rolled out of bed. Where was your wife during all of this excitement? Hey, this is at 730. She's already at work. Wow. That's early. Yeah. She's, she does. Um, was... She works early and because she leaves early to go to dance class. That's right. That's nice. 
And was there an actual emergency? Uh, the, the email says there was. It says in one of our retail spaces. So I don't know. There's a breakfast um, restaurant mm-hmm. in our building. And I don't know if maybe they, they lit something on fire in the kitchen or, or what else. But most of those places are empty at uh, the the only one that should have people at seven thirty in the morning would be that breakfast restaurant. Ah, uh, sure, 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 sure. Okay, but as far as you know, everybody's safe and your building is still standing. Yeah, it's still standing. And you got to walk. And I got to walk. walk. That's right. Yeah, I really, got a question awesome. for you though. Please shoot. So we have a uh, a cat which is well known. His name uh, is, his name is Whiskers. And when the fire alarm goes off. I always feel just a little bit bad as I uh, walk down the stairs to safety and leave him to become a roast so. cat. What, yeah. what am I supposed to do in that situation? Because I can't put really, him in the carrier. And I can't get really get him there. in the carrier because well, that's like a, that's like a multi-hour ordeal to coerce him into okay, the carrier. That's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> well, can you carry him in your arms? I might be able to, but then, you know, and who knows? Him? I might be out there for three hours. I yeah. wish, I wish, um, what I really want from you, Mrs. Philholm, is absolution. I want you to say there's okay. nothing you can do. That cat's going to die All and right. it's not your fault. Okay. What I was going to say is if I were your wife, mm-hmm. which you have one now, isn't that funny? Um, uh, I know that she loves that cat. I do not understand why. I mean, I really <laughs> don't understand. I have puzzled this. You understand in my mind. It's a good thing I got headphones in because he is sitting our... in my lap. <laughs> he, oh, he is. Okay. Okay, you got head. He's in your lap. God mm-hmm. dang it. You love that cat. All right. Evidently, you both love that cat. You, She loves him more than you do. I would just think that she would be hurt feelings if you didn't rescue the cat. I know. I, I don't want that to ruin our whiskers, marriage. Uh, what's that? I said, I don't want that to ruin our marriage. No, I know. I, that's the kind of stuff that really is relationship killing. On the other hand, Whiskers, if you don't have the good sense to get into the you know, carrier when an alarm is going off and lives are at, threatened and, and, and life itself is at stake, I mean... Darwin Awards, you know, if you're stupid, right, that's just natural die. selection. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Except that, see, now you just said you're holding him on your lap. So you could cuddle that cat. And I suppose a true animal lover who loves his wife would cuddle the cat and take him outside. What would that be like standing around for half an hour with whiskers in your arms? I don't know. So I know. Delaney is convinced and there's evidence to support this. Uh, that he doesn't travel well and he can't he can't yeah. exist you know he's kind of like a, a witch with water he cannot mm-hmm. step foot outside this apartment or be outside this apartment without turning into a pumpkin or something i don't i don't know what's going to happen well, that's uh, what i wonder does he get like would he get mean would he run away would he scratch you would he... i don't know i don't know yeah. I, we, we tried it to... is true that we've seen he is he never goes anywhere he never goes anywhere he's he hasn't been out of that about... apartment in what two years three years uh, he went oh, out, he went out to go to my parents' house when we went on a trip once. Oh. Yeah. But other, I, parents' house? Not good. He, was that during your honeymoon? No, that was... What'd you do with him during the honeymoon? I don't remember where. Maybe we went to Tennessee to see Delaney's dad. Uh, for our honeymoon, we left him at home and my brother came over to oh, watch him. That's nice. Wait, so how did he do at your parents' house? I'm sorry. Poorly. Poorly. He hid the whole time and he, no. he would just curl up in the corner of a cabinet underneath the sink and shiver. And he, he did I mean, that for like a week. Yeah, okay. I guess the <laughs> shivering would make me feel bad. Otherwise, I'm like, that sounds like the perfect pet. He did what? He went and hid in a dark corner and curled seen up and, and didn't bother heard. anybody? Hell yeah. Yes, <laughs> Except in his heard. case, it's not seen and not heard. Exactly. And he's also suffering. <sighs> okay. Well, Andrew, you are absolved of any guilt. If Really, Whiskers doesn't have the good sense to, you know, be chill. He's going to die in the fire. 
That's right. That's right. One and thing also I, there was I fire. would like to mention is that at a certain time, and they may still exist, IKEA actually had a section full of cat harnesses. They're called Lervigs. That's the official IKEA Scandinavian <laughs> Swedish name. It's called a Lervig. Okay. Uh, and we bought Whiskers a Lervig, but it didn't quite fit him. But I still kind of um, toy with the idea of taking Whiskers out on my walks with me. So maybe if Listen, I can get I the right size Lervig, we can test this out. He already has those jackets and his whole wardrobe of weird medical garments. Clothing, medical garments. <laughs> A harness, prescription is what, a harness right? <laughs> prescription clothing. <laughs> His sartorial choices are confusing to me, but um, I don't know why a harness harness doesn't fit right into all of that. And I don't know why you wouldn't walk him. I actually had a cat that went out on a leash. I the think that would be so much fun. I don't really want to be seen with the cat on the leash, but I would like to. I would like to be able <laughs> yeah. to take him. You know, maybe I maybe I put on my sunglasses and my mask, and I'm totally anonymous. <laughs> I met a dog that I like. You did? I did. Believe it or not, I have met a dog that I like. Dog that be- belongs to someone I know. And I was really like, okay, I like this dog. It's a chill dog. We're getting along. It's a cool dog. And then the other night, the dog bit me. So well, I don't think the dog feels the same way about me, Andrew. <laughs> that Doesn't that just piss you off? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel that I was really in the dog space. Do you know what I mean? I was kind of oh, on the dog's getting spot up in there. Couch. Maybe the dog was a little bit like, oh, I don't know. I'm not sure. And, 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 okay, it's a husky dog. So it has this fur that is actually fun to like put your fingers into. Mm-hmm. I mean, disgusting fur. Can you get over. your hand out? Exactly. <laughs> I'd like to be able to get my hand out. Seinfeld records it. Seinfeld poll. Audience, if you don't know that uh, poll, you need to go look it up. I'm not going to tell you. Good job, Andrew. <laughs> um, yes, you can get your your hands out when you run it, your fingers through the dog's hair. He um, lifts 100 pounds right over his head. <laughs> his eyebrows. Women pluck the hair out of their heads to, and draw on eyebrows. Okay. Who cares about eyebrows? Um, oh, yeah. So anyway, I was rubbing the dog on his little scruff of his neck. And we have all noticed that this dog kind of, when you do that, and we've all been saying, we're not sure if that's a purr or a growl. Well, I'm for in my case, it was a growl because he was doing that. And then he just went chomp on my hand. I mean, it was more of that like warning bite. It didn't break the skin, but it did hurt because teeth and dog jaws hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was more of a warning. And then, well, whatever. Then the dog and I had to spend a lot of time making amends. But anyway, I was just saying... He doesn't understand that it's a big deal for me to go, oh, I kind of like this dog. This is a nice dog. Like, I'm just, I'm digging this dog. And then that dog bit me. So don't, don't we do that it. all the time where uh, we make mm. someone the, the unwitting ambassador for all of their kind? <laughs> yes, we right? sure do. So this, this yes. dog doesn't realize that his actions are, right. uh, you know, he, he, he's been tasked with ingratiating okay. dog kind to you. Okay. And he just totally That's fucked fair. it. Okay, but you're you're right, though. You can't do that. You cannot ask an individual to represent the group or class or category. You can't, you're right. Okay, so I have got you. Thank you, Andrew, for you're very woke. That's so <laughs> dog <laughs> lives actually... matter. Dog lives matter. And I need to be a little bit more mm, tolerant, I guess, in my views. Yeah, you're right. Don't expect that dog to carry the burden. That's right. Fucker dog fucking bit me. There's a recommendation I'd like to make. There's okay. a YouTube channel. This is along the same lines. It's called Not Just Bikes, and it's a Canadian guy who moved to Amsterdam, and I think he's a city planner by trade, and he talks about all the reasons why Amsterdam is so much better than everywhere else in the world, city Mm. planning-wise. 
But he talks about that um, becoming an unwitting ambassador for cyclists because, uh-huh. uh, you know, he, he's just trying to get to work. And everyone says, well, as a cyclist, you're part of the problem or, you know, and they, they, they cast him into this group and he's like, F you, I'm not a cyclist. I'm just, you know, I'm just trying to get to work. And this way I can do it uh, much faster and, and less expensive than any other way. But it, uh, it gave me something to think about. And he's got a lot of really good um, uh, thought-provoking kind of city planning stuff on YouTube uh, under the channel Not Just Bikes. Oh, interesting. That's a cool recommendation. Hey, everybody in the whole world, let's talk recommendations, okay? Because we're going to wrap it up soon, right? We're doing a short episode. Yeah. Uh, recommendations. People have been telling me for two years, Shit's Creek. You know, they won all the awards, like comically won all the awards. Mm-hmm. Great. Love it. Been watching it? No, I haven't, you? but I've, I've been hearing from people as well, and I, I never got into it. I think I've watched an episode, and I was like, eh, I don't know if this is for me. Yeah, you know how I watch things I wasn't really watching. I was like, it was on in the background, and then I found myself watching it, like, watching it, watching it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll have to check it out. I, I've, I, I love that whole cast. I mean, I love the whole, I love those guys. And, oh, my God, Eugene Levy's son is hilarious. He's so funny. It's pretty funny. I, I don't know. I, mean, I can't vet it in terms of, like, a sitting down on the couch and watching anything because I don't, but... I think people love it, and of course they do. Anyway, it's great. I like it a lot. Um, and then let's see. I feel like there was a podcast. Oh, yeah, we talked about it last week, but that was burned. Okay. I realize how much I love things that are – this is interesting to me. How much I love – you had a recommendation on this too. Things that are ranking or – I love critique. I love criticism. Like mm-hmm. I've told you on here I, – I don't know if I've told you on here or not, but the – podcast that I love and I'm so sorry I've listened to all the episodes I'm like put out a new season Citizen Critic where they review a movie review and then they review things related to that movie you know like for the Tiger King they they ranked a dumb review of it and then they then they reviewed the like Yelp reviews of um Joe what's exotics actual tiger farm or whatever stuff like that oh my god so funny I love it so much I and that's called Citizen Critic um I don't know if I talked about that one before I think anyway, um, I've been liking that. I and I realize I just love oh, and the Anthropocene review. That's the other one. I think I've talked about Citizen Critic in the past. It's funny, like makes me laugh out loud. The Anthropocene review is um a he goes and ranks reviews, five stars, you know, review mm-hmm. style to things in the culture. The Anthropocene reviewed. The Current Geological Age is what that means. And it is by John Green, the author of The Fault in Our Stars, which I don't know anything about that. And my card on The Fault in Our Stars is like very sappy and I don't know. This guy is a good, uh, yeah, this guy, he's a good writer and he goes and he reviews things like, it's so funny to me. Let me see. Okay. One of the episodes is Monopoly and Academic Decathlon. He reviews two things per episode usually. Um, and I really, really like it. And it's, it's got a nice, okay. One of them is hot dog eating contests and chemotherapy. (laughs) (laughs) And he goes in and gives like kind of a historical and cultural mm, lesson or whatever about the thing he's reviewing and then takes it. It's just really well written. He takes it from an interesting perspective each time. And then, I mean, that's the, that's the shtick of the, of the podcast is then he'll say, you know, I give chemotherapy five out of five stars or whatever. I give, I give the <laughs> pandemic one out of five stars. It's really good. And it's not hilarious at all, but I, I really have been quite liking it. So that's my recommend. What you got? I don't have anything else that I feel. Oh, I, I guess I do have one. I, um, 
uh, use some of our, our wedding funds to acquire a just crazy expensive version of a soda stream. It's called an ARK, A-A-R-K-E. And it, really? it's, a, it's a $200 uh, fizzy water maker. And oh. I've really been enjoying having unlimited fizzy water on uh, uh, available to me. Yeah. Do you flavor it or you just drink the bubbly water? I don't flavor it. I just okay. drink the bubbly water. And it's good. Wow. I'm drinking like, uh, like <laughs> where, where normally I'd have like a can of fizzy water, maybe two cans of fizzy water a day. I'm drinking wow. like three or four liters of fizzy water a day. And it's awesome. Really work, okay. working on I my burp technique. This was, oh. <laughs> I started out thinking this was the dumbest purchase, but now I'm super jealous that you have a you have a trickling stream of fizzy water. Yeah, yeah. I, I um can't recommend uh, not not that it's bad, uh, but I don't specifically recommend the Arc. I just recommend like a soda stream in general. Get the cheapest one you can because I think they're all pretty much the same. Really? Uh, the only difference about mine is it's, you know, it's all stainless steel and it looks nice on the counter. Mm, well, that's nice. That's really good. I mean, that's great. Okay. Well, there's your recommendation. Fizzy water. That sounds good. It does sound good. And I, I haven't quite, and I, I'm not going to do it because I'm not a maniac, but theoretically you could fizz up any kind of liquid, right? I mean, I could, I could be cleaning with fizzy oh. bleach. How good would that be? What? right could you please could you please do that for me i don't think you should put bleach well maybe you should to clean it I, i'm very curious about what fizzy bleach might be like that well, seems right, like there's the next rubbing bubbles kind of uh as seen on tv thing mm-hmm. you, your well, bleach is fine but does it fizz does it fizz well they're scrubbing bubbles as a product where that was kind of the thing is that the scrubbing bubbles do you know what i'm talking about I didn't know it's that a cleaning was, product. That's never been in my house. My mom was not a scrubbing bubbles user, as far as I know, and I don't have any scrubbing bubbles today. But it it fizzes, it it lathers. Mine neither. It. I didn't. Same thing. But I well, well, in the cartoon, in the old ads when I was a child, there were little bubbles that had faces and maybe even helmets, and they, you know, the fact that they were they moved around. I think it does fizz. I think that's the idea is that it like hmm. fizzes or bubbles or somehow the the bubbles move around, which I would assume is fizz. Huh? That's interesting. I wish I could come over and we could do that as an experiment. <laughs> just as a uh just as a or what precaution about bu- bu- to our, bubbly our dear coffee. listeners I mean, you, what about bubbly coffee i mean it sounds horrible you, but you maybe could it's do good. it you could do you it could i think it. i think in the book it says not to do anything other than water but you totally oh, could. oh please please right. those are just amateurs that's just uh that's just legalese cover your ass sort of cover your ass right because fizzy coffee you never know what might happen it does specifically say it's like you know only only water and then there is like a separate section that says in larger text, do not, uh, do not fizz wine. Oh, so I, 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 I kind of wonder what happens there. I wonder if there's some kind of chemical thing that happens or if I wonder, I, I don't know, maybe, maybe it gets you double drunk. Who knows? <laughs> I know that specifically, and it specifically calls it out out there, wine. So then that means that many people have done it and caused problems because it's the only reason we have rules in rule books right? is when somebody has tried the thing. That sounds about right, doesn't it? People trying to make fizzy wine. <laughs> sounds good. Sounds delightful. I don't know why you wouldn't. All right. Well, Andrew, I don't recommend doing it. I do recommend biting off more than you can chew. Do you catch that? Mm-mm. What's that? Uh, tell, tell me about it. I think it's Alanis Morissette. I don't know. I just, just it came huh. to my mind. Okay. Right. That's the end of our episode. Everything that's in the show is in the show. Sounds good, Mrs. Phil Holm. I'll talk to Bye, you next week, Andrew. hopefully. All right. Bye. Bye.